With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Not really a stranger to the show, but a stranger lately, episode 84. And uh, Brian Gianta joining us back here on the show. Nice, uh, nice of you to get over the, I don't know what your beef was with us, but we know you were pissed off about something we said to you not too long ago. And you, uh, you said you needed to take a little break. <laughs> so it's good to have you back, Gio. Good to have you back. I'm glad to it's have nice you to back. back. I don't know if Rivs is, but I'm happy to be back. I got to be honest with you. Rivs, Rivs Listen, is that, literally that's irrelevant when it comes to this show. So I see Gio all the time. And all I get every <laughs> single every single time I see him is, that's it. I don't get to come on the show. You guys don't need me anymore. You guys are big shots. He's like, okay. I'm like, Gio, we love you more than anything. But if it's between Kevin Adams and Brian Gianta, <laughs> We're just going to have to go with Kevin Adams on this one, bud. Listen, I have a good relationship with Kevin Adams, a very good relationship. I mean, I could have been on with him. And we didn't want to money the waters. I got, we, we, I, we didn't want to take canceled. advantage of your good friendship with him. Uh, I got, we wanted to show that we got, could stand on our own two feet. All right, all right, all right. I got the, the plug got pulled on me last second, and then I haven't heard from you guys in two weeks. So, Gio, Gio let me tell you how no. every conversation my feelings, goes. My feelings aren't hurt. My feelings aren't hurt. It's all right. Well, you know what, man? I'm going to tell you, if I had the career earnings that you had, my feelings would never be hurt either. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I literally, my feeling, my emotions can be purchased. So um, I'm going to tell you this, like we're geo today for the, the listeners are, is doing uh, the um, interview in his car. Okay. He's uh, just sitting there and I'm going to tell you, that's a nice looking interior. Okay. That's a nice looking interior. That's rich. That's rich. Yeah. Nick, Nick loves the truck. He is jealous. I heard he's jealous. My son, my son. Yeah. 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 He's like, yeah, we need to get a truck uh, like uh, Mr. Gianta. I said, uh, no, we don't because that is very <laughs> expensive. <laughs> what kind of, what, what do you, what do you got there, Gio? Oh, whoa. The, it's the TRX, the Ram TRX. Yeah. It's very nice. Oh, you got Still a new, dumb. you got a new truck. Yeah. I got it in the summertime. I've had it for a little bit. The Ram? I, I know you had the Ford pickup. Yeah, I had the I had the Raptor before, and I got the Ram now. Yeah. What is the it about little guys like, in big pickup trucks? Well, it tows it tows it tows big boats, buddy. So I like big oh, things. Fuck. <laughs> oh, oh, just subtly bringing up those career earnings again. <laughs> and no, lastly, before deal. we get going here, lastly before we get going here, look at you. Just look at you. Your face is, how do you shave your, I don't understand how you shave your face and you have literally, it looks like a spray on beard because it's perfect every single time. I don't understand how it is like you, you shave it and, and it's so like, you almost, you, you almost pretty much have like the Henrik Lundqvist perfection to your facial hair. Give us your I mean, secret. Guy, Give us your secret. That guy, the secret is the right tool, buddy. You got to get it. Like it's manscaped. That's what I use. It like keeps it nice and tight. Look at that. It's nice and tight. I know we're not on video just for you guys, but it keeps it nice and tight. I clean it up probably once a week or so. I don't like it to get too bushy. So I like that little fresh, just freshly like uh, trimmed up look neat and tidy but you know you got a little grizzle to you so that's you don't my, have like a five o'clock shadow you have like the 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 next day shadow all the time is that yeah what it is? yeah 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 i mean i would like that five o'clock but i like it like i bring it right down to a one or two and clean it up but i don't understand how days. the lines going down your sideburns down the side of your face that connects to your like your lips like the line is perfect 
how do you get like that? Like, there's obviously got to be a day where is that the tool or is that the technique? It's both. It's both. You got to get it in there tight. You fade it in right on that little seam. And then you give a little, I do give it a little straight razor on that underneath the neck. And then right here, that's about it. That's a lot of, is that a lot of work? You look like you take a lot of work to make yourself look like that. Literally. So I have a mirror in the shower. So you jump in the shower, quick shave it up, tighten it up. It literally takes three minutes probably. Wouldn't wouldn't the mirror in the shower fog up? It's anti-fogging mirror. You throw a little hot water in the back of it and it's anti-fogging mirror. I think it was like a Father's Day gift like my little guy James got for me. And it is like the best thing going. You slap it up, it pops off, you throw some hot water on it, it doesn't fog up. I have a squeegee. I have a very personal question. How much money does your kid have in his account? (laughs) My (laughs) wife bought it for him. Okay. Okay. (laughs) My kid, my my kids. I didn't know if your kid's sitting on like 1.5 or something. And (laughs) they don't know what they have, but they have some coming through. (laughs) We keep that a secret. (laughs) I got to get in the geo. Will got to get in the geo. Will. So it's manscaped. Do you do your body too? Well, maybe. Do you do your body? I do. Yeah, I do full body. South of the border. I do my chest. I do armpits. (laughs) I got a little of everything. Hey, so were you one of the guys in Jersey that used to shave their body? Because like I played with Colin White and um, David Clarkson used to shave their bodies head to toe, arms, armpits, legs, everything, chest, not an ounce of hair on them anywhere. No, no, I don't bring it up. Like those guys would like straight razor, like their arms. Like yeah. and Whitey was, he had all that, he had the arm sleeve, right? So he was showing off his, his tats and stuff, but no, I just, I'd take it down. Uh, otherwise I'd be like a full wolf sweater underneath my sweatshirt, you know? So I just, I trim it down to like a one and it just, it just keeps it neater. That's all. Whitey. I, I, I remember I you walked into the bathroom and there's Whitey shaving his entire body. And I, I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? Like you shave your legs and your arms and everything. He's like, ah, bud, fuck when you jump in the sheets at night, bud, it's so nice when you get in the sheets and you're all fresh shaven. I'm like, and then he's, he's smiling with no teeth. Like that yeah. makes it look better. <laughs> Riv, you would have loved this guy. One of, the, in, one of the greatest, one of the greatest human beings on the entire planet that I've ever met. But anyway, so good to have you on geo. Thanks for the uh, shaving tips. Anyone out there listening, yep. if you need to, uh, you know, groom your body. Clearly geo has the right tool. What's the tool again? It's manscaped manscaped. All right. All right. Perfect. Just, I think this... I got the, my next purchase is the uh, nose hair trimmers. Old man, Italian guy. I don't need stuff hanging out my nose. They got a you little just grab scissors for that. No, you cut yourself up, buddy. You grab scissors for that. How many, like, what do you, what do you got a bushel up there hanging out your nose? I don't know, Riv, but you, you, Riv, you strike me as the kind of guy. And this isn't like pick on Riv moment, but when well, I look is, at the, three, I, I no. know where this is going, but go where, ahead. Where, when I, you look like, okay, you strike me as the kind of guy that would have like a ton of ear hair coming out. like like just branches going sideways out of his head that's what you know like that's what you strike me as well i'll tell you this i am not getting any younger gentlemen and uh yeah you gotta weed whack everywhere okay gotta keep it tight listen i don't look like geo i don't look like geo but hey i try and uh, do my best hey so i was i was getting my hair cut about a month ago as a new lady that I went to and cause the other lady wasn't available. So I go, I'm getting my hair cut and at the end, she's like, well, how do you go to a new hair person? Finish the fucking story. Okay. So it, so you're uncomfortable as it is. It's new, new conversation. And she goes, you want your eyebrows trimmed? I'm like, nah, I'm all set. I'm good. I'm good. And she starts, you know, finishing up a little more. She's like, you want, you want those eyebrows trimmed up? I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm okay. It's okay. Like, don't worry. I got to get out of here or whatever. And then finally she asked a third time. She's like, you sure you don't want those eye hair or the eyebrows trimmed up? I'm like, holy shit. They must really be bad. Like, all right, you got to trim them up. Like mid summer caterpillars. Times. 
three times she she said it. And so I was very self-conscious leaving the salon that day. I'm like, oh, ah, but are these things nice or what? Like, I didn't think they were bushy, but apparently she so did. So did she trim them? Yeah, she trimmed them. You know, you're getting old when they ask when you, you if you want the eyebrows done. done. <laughs> they asked me that too, Gio. And I, I they, you know, yeah. like they asked me that too. It's like, you want your eyebrows trimmed? I'm like, uh, if you're suggesting it, then odds are, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I do. Okay, Craig, what were we going to say? How hard is it to change, you know, people that cut your hair? Yeah. Like, like that to me is like, well, where do you go? Person. Don't you just go to the Lego shop and pick a new hair hairdo? I mean, like you literally, <laughs> you literally have the same haircut for the last nine years. Well, I don't understand what you're asking. What else am I supposed to do? I don't know. Grow it out. Change, change it up. I don't I know. I grow do it out every hunt. winter. Once it gets to summer, we go a, a little bit higher and tighter. Boom, shakalaka for the summertime. Like what? What? Yeah, what else? I wish I. My hair is too curly to go long. I wish I could have the long flow like uh, PD has. Is your hair curly? But I can't. Gio, I just got a haircut. My hair is, my hair is really curly. Like, yeah, have you seen my son? Rivs has seen Adam. Yeah. <laughs> He's seen his hair. Far like, too much hair on one like. person's head. Just like this. <laughs> really? Like, it's fine in a helmet. He's got to push back and it's underneath, but. Oh, I love it. I love that. I love when people with yeah. curly hair grow it out. It's just, I, I absolutely <laughs> love it. Um, I will say this special note to everybody listening. Uh, number one team in the Canadian hockey league in the CHL, are uh, the Hamilton Bulldogs coached by Jay McKee is going to join us on Monday. Look forward to having him on. Um, but uh, Gio, you know what? It, it's interesting timing that you're on today. Because Jerry York, your old coach, uh, after such a long time at Boston College, packed it in yesterday. Yeah, it was a surprise. So got an email right before, probably about 10 minutes before everything went live. He sent an email to all the player alums uh, just saying that he was retiring. I was definitely shocked by it. I thought he would have uh, been there at least a few more years. If not, I thought he would have announced it pre before the season or during the season kind of had like a little send off, you know, ceremony, but I know they struggled this year. I hope it's not due to that. Like I hope it wasn't a kind of push out retirement thing. Um, but I, you know, he's ton of respect for him. He gave me my start uh, at a huge university. We won a national championship with him. He's uh, just a, the nicest guy going, uh, he teaches you a lot of things, a ton of respect for him. And, uh, it'll be tough to see him. He was 28 years. I think he was at BC. So, uh, he's been there a long, long time. I mean, you play, you play pro hockey long enough, not even in the NHL, but if you play pro hockey long enough, you come across a lot of people that played at different spots and everything. But I know a lot of people that went to BC and played under Jerry York, you being one of them. I know kids that are there now. We all know kids that are there now. Some former yeah. junior Sabres uh, are there. Um, but I've been told, and like you said, I've heard he's an unbelievable person, very caring yeah. coach, but I heard he's a, he's either a, you love him or hate him type of coach. Is that, is that right? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, for sure. Like he, you have to like understand, right? Like he's your icon. He's the guy that sits in your, at your kitchen table, you're in your living room and he makes the parents feel good that they're 18, 19 year olds going off and he's, he's got an eye out for them, right? Like, you know, that they're going to be taken care of. Uh, there's going to be no bullshit uh, away from the rink. Um, but his assistants do a ton of work. Uh, Mike Cavanaugh, Scott Pollock, when I was there, and now Brendan Buckley or picks there as an assistant coach, Mike Ayers, like they do a lot of work in the recruiting process for him and, you know, on the on ice stuff. So for sure. I mean, it's, uh, you have to be disciplined, right? Like he doesn't want long hair. He doesn't want, uh, beards, you know, piercings, things like that. Like those are the little, if you can move past that, um, is he kind of like a Lou Lamorello? Yeah. Like he's like a mini Lou Lamorello in that way. Right. Like he doesn't swear, uh, very often he wants discipline. He wants guys to buy into being part of a team and it's all about uh appearance perception uh the way you carry yourself the class with which you walk around 
you know, in your kind of attitude. And so he sets that kind of tone. And then as far as hockey, right? Like it's, you know, a lot of his assistants help him out. Um, especially at probably in the last 10 years or so, uh, been really big on, uh, the X's and O's, but he's very much involved in everything. And he has been for the whole time he's been there. Is there a coach that, um, they have right now that will be taking over for him? Uh, I don't know. I mean, they're like that Mike Ayers, he's probably the associate head coach labeled. Um, he's not an alumni. I don't know if that's going to come into play. Uh, or pick is, I think a little young still, you know, he's only been, uh, you know, volunteer assistant for the last couple of years. Uh, Brendan Buckley, who's an alumni who I played with as well. He's there. Um, it's a big job, right? Like it's a, it will be interesting to see what happens. And there's some big college, uh, coaching jobs available. BU fired their coach, uh, Michigan state just fired their coach, uh, the other day. I mean, that's three huge programs looking for, you know, who BU coaches. should hire Geo Pan- or not Mike Jay Pandolfo. Buddy. Yeah. He's already there as the assistant coach. I mean, I know, you know, Pando very well. I played with him for one year and obviously, you know, I've spoken to Luke talk about Pando. The guys love him there. Yeah, no, I mean, what's not the love about him? Pando is like, he's unreal. Great guy, uh, knows a lot. He was assistant, longtime assistant for the Bruins. Um, he's got the experience. He's been at BU for a year. He he actually put in when Albie uh, O'Connell got uh, the job, he put in for it. And I think one of the sticking points was that he didn't, he was a few credits away from his degree. So he wasn't... Uh, he didn't graduate. So I think that held him back at first, but there's ways around it, right? Like Tony Granado in Wisconsin, he didn't have his, uh, and they hired him under the, the assumption that he was going to finish and, and kind of get his graduation in order. And he did a couple of years ago, he graduated finally, uh, technically. I, I think say. it isn't Jay Pandolfo is like a shoe in to be the head coach there. I, I would for sure. I would have him in charge of any, any team, any university, any team. He's uh, he had a that's the very type of person, and- very good career at uh, Boston University. His last year in Boston, forty games played, thirty-eight goals, and sixty-seven points. Yeah, checking line like- player in the NHL. <laughs> and- well, that that's the thing, right? Like he was on probably the most uh, recognized checking lines you know, in history, right? Madden and Pandolfo penalty killers lockdown. By the way, John Madden shredded it at Michigan too, by the way, he had a ton of points and these are fourth line checking line guys in the NHL. Go ahead. Who was the other guy on that line? Well, well, uh, I played on it for a bit. Yeah. But then you were, you were there as like a, that was like a hate. You what? In the league. That's I broke my teeth in the league with that. You know, I came in, I had to do the checking line role. So Hey, that, that's what people don't understand. Like these are highly skilled, highly talented goal scorers that go in the NHL and have to either adjust their game to stay, or that's the role that they've been given and they have to run with it. Last thing I'll ask you about Pando. And then I know Rivs is dying to ask you about uh, Owen Power. When you think about Pando, and you close your eyes and think about Pando. I only played with him for one year. So it's, so it's not, you don't have to know him. You just have to have seen him naked. What is the one thing you remember about Pando? His shoulders, man. It's <laughs> all jacked up. Liv, I swear He's to God, got, this guy's one shoulder is like, like seven inches higher. His collarbone. It's like a coat hanger. It a is. Coat hanger. Like it just. It's, uh, it's, it's unbelievable. Like you can't. Why, from like, him, like. He breaking and separating his shoulders separate. Yeah. His AC joint is all jacked up. Mine's pretty bad. And I thought mine was bad until I saw him without it. And it literally is probably a six inch shelf like that big of. You can't help but stare at it and gag at the same time. Like it's, it's, it's like, I remember going up and I was touching it. I was, I'm like, I'm poking his collarbone. I'm like, Jesus, man, that thing looks like it's ready to pop through the skin. But anyway, you know, who else has one of those is, uh, is, uh, Alex Tuck has a massive, uh, uh, coat hanger too coming off his collarbone. Um, 
That's another BC guy, actually. It just uh, that just yep. occurred to me. Um, all right, Riv, go ahead, take it over. It's your show now. Uh, I was just looking, trying to find a naked picture this, of Pandelfo. No, this Brian Gianta <laughs> kid. Look, at, I've never looked at your stats before. It is like messed up. Your your college stats. Your very first year in college. How old were you? Eighteen. 18 years old, True 18 freshman. years old, Boston college, 40 games. You had 30 goals and 62 points. Hey, Gio, before Riv goes on, what did harvest, uh, get on your SAT for you? <laughs> Please. I took it twice and got just enough to get into BC. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Riff. No, I just, anyway, just looking at uh, Gio's points. Like it's just, it's absolutely insane. Gio, do you remember the brawl? between the Niagara Scenics and the Caledon Canadians in have we yeah, talked there, about this. I think we have talked about it. I don't know if we've talked about it on the show, but coming off the ice fighting in the stands and then guys yeah. trying to like climb over at the West Seneca. I was, I, I went over is. the boards. I climbed over the glass and I was fighting. I think one of Farkas's buddies in the corner. Were, were you on Caledon? Yeah, I was on Caledon. No yeah. What? Yeah. Welcome Dude, to the show. Those guys? I was Thank 15 you. years old playing in the Metro junior hockey oh, league. And I was scared shitless of you probably too. Cause I was 15 years old doing the same thing, but at four foot five, 110 pounds. Oh, we knew all about geo. We knew the scouting report on Brian Gionta. Anyway, go ahead, Riv. I've interrupted several times. Well, no, I, you know, now that we're talking about four foot five, like when did you grow into your, your body? <laughs> I never, <laughs> I'm still waiting to grow. No, I mean, I'd say in college, like you got to think I went to college in 97 or so to 2001, like working out was not a thing. Like we didn't work out at Scenics. We didn't lift weights. We didn't do any of that stuff. And so when I finally got to school is when really we were lifting weights, we were getting ourselves in shape. There was a plan. There was, that's when I kind of started to grow and, you know, basically mature into my body is, is get stronger, start to get some mass on me. So I wouldn't say until I went to BC for sure. All right. I'm just looking at this team here. Who was on the team? If I, recognize any of the guys from around here what a night that was anyway um it's crazy yeah it was crazy why are you looking why are you obsessing over his stats riff because they're very impressive they're very impressive stats you know for for a young guy to walk into boston college which is one of the storied d1 programs in hockey to be an 18 year old, you typically do not just walk in and, and just shred it. I mean, there, there's a, there's a process to, to every team you go to. Usually when you're a, you're a rookie, you need to, you know, sit behind, wait your turn, you know, because there's other guys at that Boston college that were basically like geos that, that were highly sought after. And they, they've, um, you know, bide their time and and they're going to get their opportunity as they're, you know, sophomore juniors and seniors, but to have a, a rookie come in. Okay. And score 30 goals and 62 points in 40 games is, is, is truly unheard of. Yeah. Gio, I mean, well, that go ahead. Yeah, go. No, go. You're good. Well, I was just, I'm just looking at all these guys here uh, that you played with on the scenics and they're all from Western New York, a vast majority of them. Did you ever connect with any of them when you were back here playing? And did any of them ever reach out and say, we, you know, you probably don't remember me, but we played I see, on- I see if, I see if, I see a few of them at the rinks. Now their kids are playing. So our kids kind of cross over. Uh, so I see, I'd say probably five, six of those guys, not regularly, but you know, a couple times a year in the rinks. Um, you know, obviously Farkas, I went to BC with him. Um, I played in the probably, game when he broke his neck, eh? Doug Huda can open her. Were you? Yeah. Doug Huda can opened him in the corner, I think. And he went into the court, he went into the boards. And if I'm, I can't remember if he finished, he was playing for the Chicago Wolves at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think he actually, I don't know if he finished the game, but I think he went home and they he, called he him. He drove himself. 
he drove himself to the hospital, right? Like, so whether it was from the rink or from home, I don't remember, but he drove himself there after. And they're, then once he got there, they're like, oh shit, but you got to like mobilize this. Like it's, it's serious. You know what I mean? They, it got serious real quick. I think they called him. They were like, whatever you do, don't move. Yeah. <laughs> like we're going to, yeah. he had like a broken vertebrae in his neck or something like that. I, I, if I recall correctly, but I remember, I vaguely remember that night. I vaguely remember it, but anyway, anyway, what's going on, Gio? Have you been watching the Sabers? You watched the Owen Power I debut have. the other night. I did not. I I caught the highlights of it. I did not catch the full game. Kids are on uh, Easter break here, so we're out and about, and so I caught highlights and snippets of it. But um, it's pretty cool. I like for him to play in Toronto on his debut and have that many people there. Like that doesn't, that does not happen very often. That's a pretty cool, pretty cool experience um, for him to have and for his family to have. Like that's, I'm sure he's a lifelong Leaf fan, right? And so it's pretty cool. I just, Riv and I were talking about that. We kind of had like a discussion about, I mean, obviously, you know, hindsight, right? And it's easy to say now that it worked, but I mean, we, when we first, realizing he's going to be playing in Toronto. We were like, man, is, is that the right move to start him? It, like to think about the nerves, the family, everybody, but you know, clearly it was, it turned out okay. But I mean, we were thinking like, why not just wait till Thursday? Well, they, the thing is, right. You're talking one of the most uh, highly powered offensive teams. Uh, so you throw him into the mix there as a rookie defenseman that could go sideways real quick, right? Like that could, not turn out well. Um, so I'm glad it did. Right. Like it's like a pitcher. You want to, you want to keep his confidence. You want to, he's going to have growing pains, but you want to minimize, uh, what type of situations you put him into, but it worked out. It, I, it was, I'm sure a great night for him and his family. And I'm glad it worked out. Um, and was not a setback that disaster could have struck for sure. You get so stuck on the it. ice against can... Matthews and Marner and those guys mm-hmm. at home. Yep. You don't have the, a change you don't have all those things right like you don't have the luxury of that stuff of insulating them so it was throw them in throw them to the fire throw them to the wolves so you have this team that has played the best hockey that i've seen in basically 10 years and starting in march they had a win against the maple leafs they beat the minnesota wild they beat vegas golden knights they beat toronto They beat Calgary at home, Vancouver at home, came back and beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, They lost to Washington Capitals in a a shootout, um, lost to the Rangers in a shootout, then came back and uh, spanked Chicago, lost to uh, Winnipeg in a shootout. An incredible month of March. And then all of a sudden you move into April where this is when Petey and I for quite a while, we're talking about this is going to be the toughest stretch they've had in a very long time. You have a Nashville Predators team that is playing exceptionally well in the West. They come into town, Buffalo beats them. They play against one of the best teams in the league in Florida and have a very respectable game against Florida and lose 5-3. Come back and beat Carolina, one of the top teams in the league. Then have two more games against Carolina and Florida where they were in these games and actually had a chance to probably win both of them, but just maybe let let it slide a a little bit. Beat Toronto again um, the other night. This team, how far away is this team? from being a playoff team. And when I do, uh, we got, so we got, go, go ahead, River, finish your point. When I say this, you look at the, emer- the emergence of Tage Thompson, Alex Tuck, Jeff Skinner. Um, my question is, where is Dylan Cousins next year going to go? Where's Peyton Krebs going to go? Where's um, Krebs is you know, awesome, by the way. You know, uh, Middlestat, Olofsson, does Samuelson, Power, Darlene, Yoki Haru make another step forward. Where, if I were to say to you that Kevin Adams was going to go out and tinker a little bit with the decor and bring in some one or two special pieces on the decor that de- that we desperately need, 
and you tinker a little bit with the forward line, maybe one or two pieces that you bring in that really surrounds these young players. Is this a playoff team next year? Uh, with what you've watched in the last two months. Listen, well, for sure. I mean, the way they've been playing, they certainly have the capability, right? Like they, they can compete, but you have to, it's 82 games, right? And these guys are young. Um, and, and you want them to continue to progress the way they are. That's the biggest unknown is with the young players. Are they going to continue to make these, you know, steps each year or are they going to plateau for a year or a half a year, you know, and then get back to where they need to, right? Look at, look at Darlene's progression, right? Like everyone would say, Hey, he's, he's living up to his draft. Come a long way now. since our D minus eh, Gio? <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's so listen, but like, so he plateaued, right? Like he came in hot, was good mobile. Uh, and then there are some question marks, whether he was going to develop into the player that everyone saw him being. And so that certainly could happen with some of these players. You hope that it doesn't. I don't know that they're a playoff team next year. I see it as the following year, um, them getting close to it. I think next year they'll be, you know, you want them in a wild card race next year. You want them if they miss the, that's, that's the hope. So you're probably one of four or five teams in that, wild card scenario, right? You're, you're just on the outside looking in, you made great progress. Um, you, you, you have that feeling of playing meaningful games where they they're important. Um, and, and not that the games aren't important right now, but there's no pressure on them, right? They can just go out and play. They don't, they're not, Hey, we need this point, these points tonight, because otherwise this team's going to bypass us or we need to keep pace. So I don't see them next year being a playoff team as, as well as they're playing now. I think there's question marks in goal. What do you do in goal? Uh, who's ready to take over in goal? Do you uh, like, so what happens there? Are you able to get the right pieces on D? And I think like Kevin said in the podcast, right? Like uh, with you guys, it's, he's not going to sell it and try to advance it just because they're playing uh, extremely well right now. They want to continue to take the same course that they're doing, continue to watch these young guys develop, give them the opportunity to develop, not bring someone in and set this guy back a year or two. You know, so I, I don't see it next year. As much as I would love it, as much as I think they have a great team, and I think they, they could be if they play the way they can, I just don't see it evolving next year yet. It's amazing that you just referenced that. Cause I was actually, I was going to ask you, I was like, did you happen to hear Kevin on the, on the pod with us? And I'm, I appreciate you listening by the way, even when you're not on it and getting dusted off by Riv, but I, I was going to reference that exact same point because I remember I asked him, I said, are you going, are you looking to, I can't remember how exactly I asked the question, but I said, are you going to look to make some moves with how the team is playing to try to advance your team into the playoffs next year? And my interpretation of the whole thing was no, we're going to stay the course. Like, and, and by stay the course, I mean, I don't think they're looking to make any big acquisitions in the off season. I don't think they're looking to make, if they can make a trade or two that might get a player here for two or three years down the road, I can see that, but I don't see them. I, I mean, I, I'm not saying they're happy if they don't make the playoffs next year, but I, what I'm saying is I don't think they're looking to go and try and make a splash to get in next year. I think they want these players to continue to grow, evolve, so that when they get there, they can be there for a long time, not just get there, maybe squeak in, lose a couple guys to UFA, and then reset. You know what I mean? Almost like Colorado, really. Yeah, I mean, that was my that was my take on Kev's what he was saying, right? If the right move is there, he's going to make his team better, but he's not going to go out just impatiently throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks to try to make a, a playoff run next year. I think his mindset and his mindset's been all along is to get guys that want to be here one, right? Like to fit the room that want to be a saber, um, that, that fit that culture where they're going, they see the vision. And I think it's about 
continuing to see the team grow and, and figure out the needs along the way, right? Like if, if a player kind of plateaus off, what do we do with them? Do we move them? Do we, do we find the replacement? Do we let them play through it? Um, that was my take on what he was saying is that he's not going to just. There listen, is not a lot the of fans. Everything, everything he says is appreciate the fans and, and what they're doing. Um, so you're not going to say, I'm not going to try to make, he's going to try to make this team better no matter what, but he's not going to try to skip a year or two in the process to, to hurt them down the road. That was yeah. my take on it. Well, I look at, I look at the team and there really isn't a lot of openings for the roster next year, because I would believe, I think we would all believe that line number one with Tage Thompson at center and Alex Tuck and Jeff Skinner is a true number one line in the National Hockey League. You have two 30, um, 30 goal scorers on the team, on that line. And you have a Alex Tuck who is, you know, came in, you know, a few months uh, after and he's played exceptionally well. It's a number one line. You have Dylan Cousins and Peyton Krebs who have played together. And you would have to imagine that Jack Quinn is going to be inserted into the lineup. We all agree on that. He's basically shredding it right now. I talked to Mike Pekka yeah. about him the other day. He says he's world-class, like he's special, like he's elite. Like this kid is going to, once he gets his, his feet under him in the National Hockey League, he is going to be an elite player. That's how hungry and skilled and uh, he's, he's really kind of, Pex has, you know, worked with him and Seth Afford have worked with him in the minors to work on the, on the small details of his game to make the jump to the National Hockey League. So you have to think that he is going to, because he's shredding the American Hockey League at, a, at 20 years old, which is unreal, right? So there's your first two lines. You have Casey Middlestat, who is certainly not forgotten. He is an incredible offensive talent. And now you have to, now you have to figure out what are you going to do with that line? I'm not going to call it a third line because I think Casey Middlestat in his own right is a very, very high end player. Do you keep Victor Olofsson next year? Or do you look to maybe change Victor Olofsson in the sense that you're, you're looking for a, maybe a different style of player, someone who's still very, very good, but a different style. Or do you, or does Kevin Adams love Victor Olsen? Cause he's come on, he's come on the last uh, month, month and a half. He's really come on strong and scored some big goals for the club. And he's played, he's played some nice hockey. You have Erasmus Asplin. Is Rasmus Asplin going to be a third line player or, or could he potentially be a fourth line centerman? between Gergensen and Oposo. There's not a lot of room on the forward line. Do you have to let that tie those spaces expire then, I guess, before you go and try and fill them? Well, that's the thing. Do you bring back Vinny Hinestroza? Um, you know, he's a guy, uh, Cody Eakin. Like, it, there's there's some question marks in the lineup. I think, bring I back think John Hinestroza... Hayden. I think they love Henestroza, what he brings to the room. You know, Kev has mentioned, Kevin has mentioned him as a guy that's been instrumental with Oki and uh, Gergensen's in that room, right? So I think he's got a better chance of being back than an Eakin or, you know, that type of thing. But again, you're, you're, are you looking to, your, your team's going to improve by default. And what I mean by default is, I would imagine Cousins is going to be a better player next year. He's going to be a stronger, faster, more mature, and confident player just by going into his third year in the National Hockey League. I think Peyton Krebs has understood the league, has had his eyes opened, understands the pace, understands what he needs to work on for next year. His skills are unbelievable. I would imagine that Peyton Krebs would even be a better player next year by default just because of his you know, the youthfulness this year, first year in the National Hockey League, second year, I would imagine him making a stride forward. 
Okay. So there's guys that are going to get better. The team I think is going to be stronger just because of the youth becoming better hockey players. Dalene's going to be a better player. So is Yoki Haru. So is Matias Samuelson. Um, Owen Power is going to have a transition year, first year in the National Hockey League, but he's 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 also going to be a 20-year-old rookie, not an 18-year-old rookie like Darlene. So he's going to be um, better suited to take more minutes and be in a better position. My 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 question is when I just look back to back in the day when you look at the Chicago Blackhawks, Chicago Blackhawks chose. Patrick Kane first overall the year before they, they chose an incredible player in Jonathan Taves third overall. And what did they do immediately? They went out and surrounded these guys with high end players that they could play with guys like Marion Hosa, guys like Patrick Sharp, you know, Sidney Crosby back in the day when he was drafted first overall, who'd they go went and got guys like Bill Guerin, who is a 40 goal scorer. They went and surrounded these guys with players that were going to help make the younger guys better. I got to correct you just quickly. I feel like I, I could do this every day, but I don't. But I feel like I need to take more of a role in correcting you because you keep saying that 5-1 win was in Buffalo against Toronto, and it wasn't. It was in Toronto. But I correct you there. But Taves was drafted the year before Kane. Just saying. Just saying. But so – Ribs, I don't, I don't disagree with you one bit. I think you need to get the players that can surround them, right? I think they like what Gergensons and Ocoso are doing for this team on and off the ice. Um, now, when they expire out or, or whatnot, now you have to look at bringing in those guys. But you're talking guys that were still in the very prime of their career, your hostas, your sharps, you know what I mean? Like it was not, those guys are hard to come by, man. Like it's, if you're going to sign free agents, they have to one, be able to see where this team is going. And I think this is the first year that, that there's some traction in the sense that it's stabilized the coaching. There's no coaching questions. There's no GM questions. Uh, the team is doing well. They're not at the very bottom. And so as it progresses year after year, you're able to sell yourself. The organization sells itself to free agents by what it is doing, by the word. It's a, it's a small community. You know, your agent knows, uh, you know, players that have been on that team, you know, what's going on. And so there's a much different feel around this team than there has been in years past. And so it will become easier and easier to entice free agents to, to come over. Now, with that being said, that's where all the, the decisions have to be made on what is right for your culture, what is right for your young guys, and what is not boxing. And I say boxing, I think Kevin used that, that he's not going to box out young guys of their role. And I think you have to keep all that in mind when you're making these moves, you have to surround them with the right guys, but you have to still give them the opportunity to flourish and turn into the player that they could be. And so yep. it's going to be very delicate over the next couple of years in those decisions. What free agents do you bring in? What, what guys do you want around your team? What guys it's identifying the needs. So well, I, I guess I go back to, just what you're saying. You do not want to take anything away from the young talent. Okay. But my question to you is like, so for an example, you have, if you're inserting a Jack Quinn next year, okay. Let's just say hypothetically, hypothetically he plays with Middlestat and Victor Olofsson. It's an insanely skilled line. You got Middlestat, who is a playmaking center. He's got insane skill. You have Victor Olison, who's got a huge shot. He's got the ability to make plays. You stick a young Jack Quinn on the line. My question is, who do you put with Dylan Cousins and 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 Peyton Krebs? Is it Vinny Hinostroza? Or is it, can you upgrade in that position and get someone who is going to make that line a legit second line like a legit second line because Listen, of his, it's, his talents 
you've said it before. You don't want too many of the same type of players. You can't have just strictly high skilled guys, right? Like you need someone below the dots offensively that can grind some time, right? Like wear some teams down. Um, It doesn't have to be flashy. And I, I keep coming back to Ocposo and he's got, you know, almost 20 goals. You know what I mean? So it's not about that, but that type of player that can control the puck below the circles and be able to kill time on the clock, right? Like it's grinding their D down there. It's having your Matthews, your Marner having to play in their D zone. Like the one and done's and what I mean by one and done is coming into the zone, making a rush play and getting a scoring chance that does not sustain you as a team. You have to be able to force teams to play defense in their own zone as a Ford, a skill forward. The more time I spend in my D zone, the more frustrating of a night it is. And the more out of my rhythm, I, I get taken out of on the offensive side of the puck in the, in the offensive zone. Right. And so you need guys like that, that are heavy. You need guys that can grind. Look at Tampa, the way they're built. Do you think Patrick? This is what I'm talking about. You're you're making my point for me though. I I'm agreeing with you. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not fighting you this time. Yeah, I'm okay. agreeing. Okay. I'm because agreeing. I, listen, but Vinny Anastroza it, is an incredible it's identifying guy in the, room. the right. Yeah. It, Go ahead, it's buddy. identifying the right guy that, no, it's identifying the right guy that fits that. And so Kevin and his team of management and co- mixed with the coaches, they have to be constantly identifying what the team needs. And that may be, someone in place of Hinostroza. It might not be next year. It might be the year out. You, these guys project the next two, three years, right? Like it's, it's like a, you're, you're a constant adjustment in, in identifying the team needs. And so with that being said, I agree a hundred percent with you. And that doesn't happen very often, right? Like it's like the fight you with the best, of them. but I think they have to really identify and dive into their team decisions. I think we're saying he's not. Count to 10 for me, Gio. One, two, three, four, five. You're back. You were, you were just go back and say exactly what you did. You were just cracking up there. Look at the time. What'd you just say, Gio? What were you just saying about? You can't what? Well, I was, I was just saying you can't rush the, the process. You have to identify where the, where the team is at constantly adjusting, constantly assessing the team and what is going to bring those guys in. And you need, you need guys that are going to grind. You need those guys, your Patrick Maroons in Tampa, your, there's plenty more high skilled players than that guy, plenty more guys that are in more better shape year in and year out that can be more mobile. But you know what he does is he, he's able to grind teams and make them play in the offensive or in their defensive zone. I have a guy that the Sabres should go after and help a team with salary cap, but I don't know if we want to do that right now. Do we, can we just sure. once, just once, just once we'll never get him. Cause he's got a modified no trade, but next year is the last year on his contract too. And he makes 4.5 million. He's a left winger from Tampa Bay. His name, he hails from, Halifax, Nova Scotia. Novi. He is born in 1989, which makes him nine years younger than me. 33. And his name is Alex Kalorn. Or I know he's had issues with injury, but Zach Cassian's another guy I would go and get. And throw uh, on Cassian the, has been a healthy scratch the last number of uh, games in in Edmonton played, right played now. Played the other so. night. He's played. What do you mean? He played the twelfth, the ninth, the seventh, the fifth, the third, the first, the twenty sixth. He was out for a month with an injury, mm-hmm. but he's been in. He's a been a healthy scratch at points, probably. Yeah, just in the last couple of days because there was I was reading an article on him which was a little bit surprising, and he was not very happy. But rightfully so. Right here, he played. He played the other night. He played 14 minutes against the Minnesota Wild in a 5-1 loss. That was Tuesday night. Anyway, let's not argue about that. Anyway, that's all I was thinking was uh, Kalorn. Sorry to go off topic with you guys. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, the, the lineup is is really interesting. 
It's, it really is. Um, like I said before, like that Tage Thompson, Tuck and Skinner line is going to stay together. Um, you have the, the cousins Krebs is, is kind of like a duo. And I just look at that and say, is there an opportunity to upgrade a position at that point? And then you have the middle stat, you have probably a Jack Quinn and, and, and maybe even, uh, um, an, an Olsen, which I mean, that third line would be a very high skilled third line. I wouldn't even call it a third line because it could be your best line on any given night. Then you have Gergensen, Oposo, and, and maybe Rasmus Asplund is going to play center, which is his rightful, rightful position. And this team, it's, there's not a lot of changes that need to happen. You're going to insert Jack Quinn next year, and you possibly have to make a decision on one. That doesn't mean that they're not going to sign um, uh, Vinny Henestrosa. Cause I would absolutely sign him because you know, you know, that there's, there's injuries that happen. You know, it, it happens all year long. And Vinny Hinnestrosa is a guy that can play in the NHL. Um, he's had a solid year this year. The players love him. He just might be your 13th forward on a team that is really starting to come on and develop. And I, I know for a fact that he would be able to play, but I'm just looking at, is there ways to upgrade the team. And I, I, I think that there's only one area on the forward line that you would want to try and upgrade because you would want to try and make the Dylan cousins Krebs line, a legit second line in the national hockey league. And Vinny Henestros is a great player. He's played very solid, but is there an upgrade on him to make that second line legit? That's all I'm saying. We'll have to do some research. We'll have to start digging that. This is our time, Riv, where we got to start looking at the rosters and the salary caps and find yeah, the, you need to find bring the guy. big board back. Riv, you got to get your big board at your, at your house. Now get the big whiteboard out. Board. The board's already it. been out. I've already done this. Like identifying, listen. identifying guys. Listen, it's I mean, it's and even on pillow. the back end, on the back end, <laughs> I, like I know that they put Owen power for an example or not Owen Power, but uh, Rasmus Dahlin on the right-hand side. And he could totally play the right-hand side. He played it for years. That being said, I don't think you need to put him on the... on the. I think there's there's players out there that if you can grab one of these defensemen, there's defense out there right now that I think can make our, our team better. I think Rasmus Dahlin and Yoki Haru have played very, very well together for a long time. I would continue that. Owen Power needs to play with somebody that is a veteran presence that can help allow this young player to play his best hockey. And I think that there's defense out there. I think we need defenders. We need big, strong, physical defenders that can move the puck and skate. And there's going to be some guys out there that I think can really fit the bill. And the, you know, then you have Matias Samuelson, who I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of this, this young man. I think in, in, in years to come, he is going to be one of the best defenders in the national hockey league. And you have to give props to uh, Fitzgerald. I mean, Fitzgerald's played very, very well in his first uh, stint with the team. Um, I don't know how many games he's played this year, but he's played very, very well. He adds an element. He adds an element of physicality, nastiness, um, and, and keeps guys in his toes. And he skates well, moves the puck well. And, you know, with further confidence and understanding the league, I think that he can be even better than what he is now. So there's a lot of great things. There's a lot of great things moving forward with this hockey team. Five players and a goalie for me. That's my total. Five, you're five, five players and a goalie. Five. You're three forwards, two defense, and a goalie away from, I think, being a wild card team. And a lot of those forwards are bottom six guys. For me, when it comes to, to filling out the roster, for me, it's like three forwards below the the top six you know, and, and a couple physical, hard defensemen and find your goalie, whether he's in your organization already or not. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. You no, know, a, a goaltender, you know, that, yeah, that you yeah. can rely on for 55 games a year. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. You know, you watching quite, I don't know if it, I don't know if it's quite five, but I agree with the goalie and probably I'd say three more, maybe four. Yeah. 
You're not far off, but no, I'm right with five. For <laughs> you just, you're always right. You're buddy. just, you're, you're, you're always just, right. You just don't want to give it to me. You just, you don't want to well, give I, it to me. Listen, you guys. A, if I, I said six, with, you would have said five. If I said I six, you would have said five. Today, if I said so four, I you would have said you three. <laughs> what? <laughs> I I agreed with ribs today, so I got to fight you today. So I I got to fight one of you each day. Just tired of being pressed. Just treated like a fifth line goon. <laughs> hey, just grind it out, grind it hey, out, buddy. Uh, just another bag skate. Um, you watching the rest <laughs> of the league, Geo? Like, uh, who's who's looking good for you to uh, you know make a push here? You watching Toronto? What are they going to do? Are they getting out of the first round this year? I don't know. Well, it's it's pressure packed, right? Like we've said it all year that they need to get out of the first round, and the first round is sometimes the hardest round to get out of. Can we can we not? mention the Evander Kane's ex-wife throwing down oh a Venmo my. to help to help pay for the the harvest <laughs> fine. I meant Come to start on. there, like, but but the Jerry York legendary. thing popped up on my screen and I'm just that thinking is legendary. Th- that is can you explain to me what you're talking about? You don't know have you not heard this yet? No. Okay, go go ahead, Gio. Explain explain oh, what no, you're I so so uh, Kane and Hartman got into a fight, uh, had words, and at the end Hart- of it, Kane and Hartman, Hartman from Minnesota. This is the yes. flip. He Hartman okay. got fined forty two hundred and fifty dollars, four thousand two hundred fifty bucks for for giving Evander Kane the the bird. The okay, yeah. So that night, apparently, it came out what yesterday or whatever. Yeah, that Kane's ex wife. Venmoed Hartman during the game or right after the game, whatever it was, a few hundred bucks and said something. I forget what it was exactly, but like she's basically in support of Hartman and thank you for <laughs> doing that. Here's some money to help pay for the fun. Like that is like just, yeah, come on. Like that's, that's awesome. I like, think it's incredible. Awesome, enter- awesome. Awesome entertainment, right? Like you cannot like, scripted out any better than that and it's great news as far as it it like just hey it has people talking about hockey right so whatever it is is going to be good for the game but how are you fined four thousand two hundred and fifty dollars for giving the guy the finger was that the max allowable I uh, right? I don't I don't max allowable for a middle finger penalty I I don't know this, yeah. yeah it's like how soft are we getting? Like, oh, we have kids watching. We have kids watching. Are you kidding me? My kid gives me the bird. He's nine. <laughs> he literally likes, you know, like does one of these, you know, like he'll put all five hands up. He'll, yeah. The pinky will go down. The index will go down. The thumb. And then you got the ring in the, in the middle one. And then he goes, hey, dad, which one should I put down next? I'm like, whichever one you want. I don't care. I'm, you know, it's. Like, why are we, I can't believe that the league looks at this and thinks that this is a problem. I mean, my God, well, I think, you can't talk I think shit anymore. To, you can't give a guy yeah. the finger. You can't, you can't do anything anymore. You know? Yeah. Anyway. I mean, I think they're just trying to maintain their, you know, viewership and not cross any lines. It, it's In all your years though, do. have you ever seen any? Have you ever seen anybody give somebody the finger in hockey though? Like, no, uh, like actually no. extend their You're hand out? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? No, <laughs> never, never. And I, I don't think I would have ever resorted to that. Right? Like, I that would have never crossed my mind. But yeah, to give like a guy the, the finger in a hockey region. game, I, I just I don't think yeah. I I would ever even that would be the last thing that I would do. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, so who's your favorite? Who's your favorite to, to, I, I, to move on here? Who's going to win the cup? Florida, Florida and Colorado are my East West. See Colorado absolutely pounded LA last night. Way to way to fight yeah. for your playoff life there. I had let's, someone let's call me. To, let's well, go let's ahead. Talk about that. Like uh, LA and Vegas. What happens there? They're in a they're I think that's the spot Vegas needs to secure is that third uh, spot in the division. So 
they're going to be battling. I know I had someone call me yesterday after, who was listening to the pod and they said the exact same thing. They said, I hear, I'm listening to you guys right now talk about the West and it's not Dallas and Vegas. It's Vegas and LA, you know, like, yeah. L, you know, and then he was going over all the schedules and stuff and who's got the hardest schedule. And, you know, he's like, yeah, Dallas is LA schedule is pretty easy. You know, he's like easy Dallas in air yeah. quotes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah well, I mean, L.A. is missing Drew Doughty. He's a guy that plays major minutes, 25 to 30 minutes a game, and they do not have him anymore. And he's Hence, out for the He's nine out goals. The he's yeah. out for the year, officially, out for the year, done no matter what. Like, yeah. they could go to the third round of the playoffs, and he's out. Yep. It's a huge loss, and you have Vegas, who's getting healthier. They're getting guys back. Got back, uh, back. Captain uh, Mark Stone in the last game. Um, he's he's a world class talent. I mean, you're gonna be you're gonna be looking. Vegas right now has two. They're three points behind L.A., but they have two games in hand. Win those two games, you're in a playoff spot. So, Vegas has a playoff game tonight. They're playing Calgary. Oof. That's like I mean that is a in Calgary. Uh, it is, uh, hope, hope yes, it is. Get, oh boy. And, yeah, and I'm Calgary listen, is stone cold at, uh, my next comment is not about Jack Eichel. It is about the Sabres draft pick, but you know, because here in Buffalo, you know, I want to see Kevin Adams m- maximize that Jack Eichel trade. And if Vegas misses the playoffs and that pick stays above 10, you know, the Sabres, like, you know, they benefit from that greatly, right? So there's, you know, I am. I'm rooting for Vegas to miss the playoffs, to be quite honest with you. I mean, it's a great it's a great story. Like, it's a great story. <laughs> you go from a cup contender, you trade for Eichel, and you miss the playoffs. I mean, is this not, would that not just be, the for me, the story of the year, in my opinion? It if I were to tell you. If I were to tell you right now that we're going to be picking 16th with the Vegas Golden Knights pick, would you be happy with that? Uh, 16th overall. Better uh, than the 25, 26, 27, 28. I thought they were going to be originally. I thought they were going to be 25 and above. When Jack was starting to come back, they were on a little tiny bit of a decline because you had Mark Stone that was playing with an injury that he just was not able to do what he needed to do. You had William, uh, William Carlson, who's fallen off the face of the earth. He's playing like shit. They had multiple injuries, uh, you know, Martinez and, and Riley. Uh, um, Theodore. Riley Smith. Like, I mean, it went on and on. They had so many injuries, but they were one of the top teams in the league at the start of the year. And now they've fallen um, a lot just be due to injury, not because, you know, Jack Eichel got there and the team's freaking bad now. That's not why. You don't insert, uh, you know, a, an elite talent in the league and all of a sudden just shit the bed. It's they've, they've had so many injuries for the last number of months that they've just, the team has gone in a nosedive. Listen, I think what people don't on, don't get is that you lose some of these top guys, right? Which is a huge, huge loss on the ice, but now you're, you're putting people in different positions that they're not normally in. And so it messes up your whole rhythm of your lineup. When that happens, it's not just missing the star player, but now it's having someone displaced and expecting something more of them. And now that guy's role, whether it's a third line or fourth line guy, now that guy coming in isn't able to maintain it. So all these injuries stack up and then there's guys in positions that aren't uh, normally in. And so that's what also hurts it besides the fact that you got big talent like a stone out or uh you know i i I think people lose sight of that sometimes 
It's interesting. When I said Theodore, it was because I knew he was hurt at some point, but he's only missed four games this year. So it's not like he was out for an extended period of time. I wasn't saying Riley Theodore for clarification. <laughs> just for just for clarification. <laughs> just for clarification. Like just look at the guys that they have out right now in Vegas. Riley Smith has been out for an, a really long time. He's a huge, huge part of their team. Second line left winger. They have Will, William Carrier. We all know what he does. He's an energy player, plays fast, physical, and hard. He irritates the other lines. He is he's a guy that they miss. Nolan Patrick is a third-line right winger. He's out. Brett Howden, he's, he's out. Um, Nicholas Hag, he's the big defenseman. Um, he's played very, very well for the Vegas Golden Knights the last little while. Um, they, they've just they've missed a lot of players that are kind of like out of sight, out of mind guys. They had uh, Alex Martinez on defense that, that was out for a number of games. Mark Stone. It just, you can't replace these guys. You just can't replace all these guys in the lineup. So, you know, I, I would imagine that they'll, uh, they'll get back to playing a little bit more of the Vegas Golden Knights hockey. And uh, it's going to be really interesting. There's what, 10 games left in the season. That's going to be one of the, the, the big you know, storylines to watch is to see if Vegas Golden Knights can come back and, and grab a playoff position. That's what I'm watching. Gio, time's your next lacrosse game. Uh, I think 11. The reason why you haven't been on in a while is Craig's been the one dusting you off. I'm like, we got to get Gio. We got to get Gio. And he's like, forget Gio, man. Forget Gio. So, and I got the text to to uh, to prove it. I so appreciate your time, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me on, boys. All right, Joe. It's fun we'll talk to, to you soon. Yeah, it's good to have you back. We'll see you. Enjoy your day in the shitty weather. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter after the whistle and at Craig Reve fifty two at the Instigator seventy six. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.